0: May I remind you that this is the Word of God from Hebrews 12, 1 to 12, 1 to 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those whom he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and life? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees, make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed.
1: <clears throat> but today, as we come to chapter 12, we look at our third priority. And here we're going to see the priority of persevering in our walk with Jesus. Uh, Have a look at chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And here's the priority. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So our priority here is making it to the end running the race with perseverance, keeping going, and no matter what the year brings. We're pretty much halfway through January. Usually January is that month that just never ends. I can't believe how fast it's gone this year. 14 days, two weeks in, um, January is flying by. I wonder how you're feeling about the year. Your dreams, your hopes, your desires for the year. And maybe like me, you're a bit nervous about what the year is going to hold. As things get busy, things get intense, are we going to keep going? Are we going to make it? What happens if things don't run smoothly? If we run into problems through the year? How will we cope with those? How will we manage? Um, What is going to keep us going in the year ahead? What's going to keep us persevering, running the race well? And what in particular is going to keep us running the race of our relationship with God well? Well, that's the purpose of Hebrews 12, to make sure that we are running well, that we run the race well with endurance, perseverance. We do not know what the year will hold. There's going to be easy things. There's going to be difficult things. There's going to be things we enjoy and things we don't. There's going to be good things, bad things. But no matter what we face, we are to persevere. We're to endure. We're to keep running the race that God has set out before us. I wonder, are there any people here who are into endurance sports? Stick your hand up if you are. Ruben. Ruben did a a half half Ironman last year. Okay, so we got one. Okay, Um, I see some nervous hands there. So there's a few. Um, If if you're in endurance sports, if you're into endurance sports, there's two things that you need. One is you need physical fitness, physical endurance, and you need mental preparation. Uh, A number of years ago, a friend of mine ran, uh, we competed in a race which consisted of seven marathons in seven days across the Sahara Desert. That must be one of the most epic endurance events Now, I remember him, I was following him uh, online as he went through this, and I remember him explaining to me afterwards, it was around day three or four, and he hit the proverbial brick wall. Halfway through a marathon, he just wanted to give up. He wanted to quit. He felt like he could not go on anymore. The pain was immense. He just wanted to stop, lie down, and give up. He had spent months training for this. was it all for nothing. Well, he was able to push through, and part of the reason he was able to push through is because he hadn't just prepared physically, he had also prepared mentally. So he had got himself ready for when he hits that brick wall. And the mental game's important in endurance sports, and the mental game's important in our relationship with God, in our run with Him. It's the same in the Christian race, and that's what Hebrews 12 is helping us with, getting our minds right so that we persevere. In verse 12 and 13, uh, we see how the Hebrew Christians are described and, and a bit of what they're facing. Just look at verse 12 and 13. It says, therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame may not be disabled but rather healed. That gives a, a little bit of a description of what these Hebrew Christians are feeling like. Uh, feeble arms, weak knees, lame. Uh, it's very much not the picture of an endurance athlete, is it? No, that's the picture of someone who's about to give up. It's more a, a description from an old age home rather than a, a, a marathon these Hebrew Christians are in danger of not making it to the end. They're feeling weak, they're feeling knocked down, and they're in danger of throwing in the towel. But the end is not yet. And so they are to strengthen themselves, they are to keep going and uh, get ready for the end. So as I said, the purpose of this section is to prepare us mentally uh, to persevere in running the race. So... Verse 1 says, Let us persevere, Uh, let us with perseverance run the race marked out for us. Verse 12, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Verse 13, make make level paths for your feet. The author wants to see these Hebrew Christians strengthened and running well and making it to the end. Now, he, he outlines three parts. Uh, to the solution of persevering, uh, running with perseverance. Start of verse 1, he says that they are to look back to the heroes of faith. Verse 1, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. He's telling them to look back to those he's described in chapter 11. Chapter 11 uh, is the heroes of faith chapter in Hebrews. It highlights faithful people not perfect people, but faithful people, Uh, people who endured despite the circumstances that they they faced. And what the author is wanting them to do as they look back to this cloud of witnesses, they are to be spurred on by seeing their example. They are to be energized to persevere because of those who've gone before them. Uh, One of the extreme sports that... Uh, some people are into, is um, uh, mountain climbing or extreme mountain climbing. And the the greatest achievement of that is obviously Everest. And if you were to go and climb Everest, uh, you wouldn't do it uh, not knowing what others have gone through. You wouldn't do it not hearing their stories and preparing yourself as you learn from them. If you were to go and try to achieve something like that, you would go and do your research. You would hear what others have experienced. You would learn from them. You would think about those who've made it, the heroes of the mountain. As Christians, we are to look to those who've made it, who've endured, who've persevered. We are to think about the heroes of the faith. And we do this in many ways. We do this in the Bible as we look at, at, at the heroes of faith in the Bible. For example, chapter 11 and others. We, we do this as we look to other Christians who've made it end. That's one of the great uh, advantages to reading Christian uh, biographies, seeing how they have lived out their faith. We do that by interacting with one another, and in particular, as we spend time with older Christians who've got a track record of living out their faith, enduring, persevering, As we see their example, as we see their faith worked out, we see it and we follow it. We do it. We follow them as they followed Christ. So that's the first thing, looking uh, to the heroes of the faith. Second thing, verse 1 as well, throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. Now here there's two groups of things that threaten our ability to persevere in our our Christian race. Uh, Verse 1, we are told to throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. Uh, How do we we think about our sin? What is our attitude towards sin? Uh, Do we have a soft, a weak attitude towards sin? Do we see sin as something we shouldn't do, but it's not really all that serious. But sin here is described as entangling you. Uh, imagine going for a swim uh, at the beach and getting entangled with seaweed or a, uh, or a shark net, getting it all caught around you that you just cannot break free. It entangles you. That is the picture of sin here. Sin entangles. Uh, imagine running. And out of nowhere you trip. When I was uh, a teenager, I, I spent some time in the free state six years. And uh, there in the fields, the grass would often grow high. And it, it, there was this really hard, strong grass, which would then, when it gets a certain point, would sort of bend over. Now you go for a run across the fields, your left foot steps on the edge of the grass, and your right foot hooks in. Next thing you know, face is in the dust. Uh, that is the picture. Sin tripping you up. Causing you to not be able to run the race. Sin trips us up, sin entangles us. Sin can cause us to give up on the race. So don't be stupid. We are to take sin seriously. As the the passage says here, we are to be ruthless with sin. We're to throw it off. Get rid of it. Now, there's many socially accepted sins that we can just uh, ignore but we need to be more ruthless. Greed, sexual immorality, jealousy, pride, arrogance, self-righteousness, everything, all these things, we are to throw them off. That will enable us to persevere in the race that God has set out for us. But there's a second group of things that the author says we are to throw off. Not just sin, but everything that hinders And and I think the the author in his mind here has has possibly even good things that are hindering our ability uh, to to run the race with perseverance. Uh, So it could be lots of nice things, lots of good things. Uh, Work, family, reputation, all sorts of things that could be positive good things and can be used for good, but could also be a hindrance in your relationship with God in running well. Uh, Is your Christian life a priority? Is your race uh, as a Christian a priority in your life? As we think about 2024 and what is held out for that, how do we think about our Christian race compared to other things? Is it a priority? Are we willing to throw off anything that hinders so that we run the race with perseverance, that we run it well? The third thing that will help us run the race with perseverance is fixing our eyes on Jesus. Verses 2 and 3. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose hearts. We are to look to Jesus, to fix our eyes on him. We are to consider him. We are to see him, to see his example, to see the pattern that he has set for us. The pattern, he saw the joy before him. He knew what was coming, and that enabled and motivated him to endure the shame and suffering of the cross. Jesus' example, this is the pattern that we must share. It's an example for us. As we face hardship, difficulties, as we don't know what 2024 will hold, we must remember what is coming. We must remember heaven. We must remember the joy of heaven. We must remember the joy of spending an eternity with Jesus one day. That is the hope that is held out for each of us, the certain hope. And as we set our hope and joy on that, it will enable us to persevere no matter what this world holds. So as we look to Jesus, as we see his pattern, that must energize us, enable us to keep going. We are to see him as the author and perfecter of our faith. Our faith originates with him. He made it possible. Our faith is made perfect in him. He is the one who enables us to continue in our relationship with him. So as we fix our eyes on him and see what he went through, we too must endure suffering, knowing the end, knowing what is coming, eternal glory. How much do we spend time thinking about Jesus? How much do we spend time about thinking about his character and what he went through for us. Here we're told to look to him, to fix our eyes on him, to consider him. We need to spend more time in 2024 thinking about Jesus. So that is one of the ways in which we will be enabled to persevere. That's a fundamental way as we look to him. Uh, commit yourself to reading God's word to hearing God speak to you through his word. Commit yourself to meeting with God's people as you speak uh, to, to each other about Jesus, whether it's in growth groups or on Sundays. Make sure that's a priority in the year ahead because that will help you persevere in your race. Jesus lived the perfect life. He lived perfect endurance, and therefore he is the perfect model for us. He knew what was coming. He was willing to go through death on the cross, the shame that that brought, because of the glorious future that was held out for him. We see that pattern. We are to follow that pattern. The second uh, part of our mental preparation uh, in uh, running the race is how we are to understand hardship and suffering in this world. Now, if we get this wrong, then when we go through difficult times, uh, we can can easily be tempted to give up. So, verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, uh, we have all had human fathers who discipline us, and while we respect them for it, how much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in His holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So the second part of our mental preparation is understanding hardship and discipline, understanding it as discipline. Uh, Discipline, as we see in this section, is a sign of love. If, If a father doesn't discipline their children, it is actually unloving. Uh, discipline is key to parenting. Uh, We see all sorts of problems in society because of the lack of discipline. Now, discipline is not pleasant at the time. It's hard. None of us enjoyed it as children when we faced discipline. But discipline trains us. It guides us. It nurtures us. And it is the same in in our Christian life. And none of us want to go through hardship or suffering. We don't know what 2024 will hold. And there'll be times, there'll be things that are not pleasant. There'll be things that we wish uh, don't happen. But here we see that God is using those things, hardship and suffering, to grow us, to, to bring a harvest of righteousness. Now, there's many examples that we can look to of people who have faced suffering. And I've experienced immense growth in that time. I think back many years ago to my uh, brother-in-law's mother who um, was diagnosed with uh, with cancer of the bile duct, which was terminal. She was given three months to live and lived for just over a year. Uh, Towards the end of her life, she shared her testimony and she spoke about how um, cancer had been her blessing. God had used that suffering to grow her relationship with him, to strengthen her faith. She saw how God had been disciplining her and nurturing her through that hardship. So as we face hardship in the year ahead, remember it is God disciplining us, refining us, growing us in Godliness. Don't think it's God being mean to me or he's he's punishing me and being harsh with me. Rather, think about it as a mark of God as a loving father As verse 7 says, treating us as his children, loving us, growing us, nurturing us. The reason God allows suffering among his people is because he loves us and he wants us to grow in our faith with him. So in the year ahead, we need to make sure that we have a right understanding of hardship, a right understanding of suffering, so that we endure, so that we keep going and don't throw in the towel. So what will the year hold for you? Uh, Will you keep going no matter what? What will your attitude to sin and other things that hinder be? How will you handle suffering in 2024? We are to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to see his example. We are to run the race well. And make sure that you are preparing yourself now mentally to run the race well, to persevere in your relationship with God. We all have a, a glorious future to look forward to if we are trusting in Jesus. So make sure you are running well. Strengthen a weak knees. Strengthen feeble arms. Run with perseverance. Now, it may be that you're with us today and that you aren't even running the race. Maybe you don't have a relationship with, with God. Let me challenge you and urge you. 2024, consider your relationship with God. Think about him. Jesus came into the world so that you can be reconciled with God, that you can be brought to be part of his family, that you can be his children. And Jesus went to the cross. He endured the suffering so that you can be forgiven and brought into a relationship with him. Wouldn't it be a a fantastic start for 2024 if you put your faith in him and started running the race of the Christian life in a relationship with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you for his example. Thank you for his sacrifice. Thank you that despite the fact that he, he is God, that he came into this world, that he was willing to endure the suffering, the mockery, the scorn of the cross, that he did that for us, so that we can be forgiven and be brought into relationship with you. Father, we pray for this year ahead, that you will equip us and strengthen us to run the race well. May we fix our eyes on Jesus, and may we be spurred on by others. May we be ruthless with sin. Father, we pray that you'll equip us to endure whatever this this year holds. Equip us to trust you and to trust you alone, no matter what. We pray this for your glory. Amen.